little children to a father who is loving and accepting and joyful. We come to you. Oh, we thank you that you never leave us or forsake us, that you were always there for us to turn to. Lord, we ask you that we would enter into lifestyles of turning to Jesus, not just once, not just twice, but constantly, persistently throughout the day, looking to Jesus, loving Jesus, crying out to Jesus through every burden, every time our spirit is troubled, every time we encounter great anxiety, every time that we have a heavy soul, I pray that we would work the muscle of calling on the name of the Lord. Calling on the name of the Lord. Oh God. Turn us into a people that when we are being burdened, when we are walking through the storms of life, that those storms turn us to prayer and those prayers release breakthrough. And breakthrough in the Spirit releases the glory of God so that Jesus Christ is manifested and made known. Oh, we ask that you would make us strong in you and in the power of your might. Having done all to stand, we would stand, putting on the whole armor of God. We ask you for this, Lord. Praying at all times with all prayer in the spirit and supplication. Oh God, we ask you not just for five or 10 or 50 people like this. Lord, we ask you for a whole company, <laughs> a whole church, Lord, a whole city, a whole region of believers that are unmoved by trial, that are unmoved by disappointment but it causes us to press in. It causes us to go, to draw near. And we know the Lord as the rock of refuge. Oh, we thank you that you are a rock that we can stand on. And we thank you that you are a rock of refuge that we can run into from the storm. A hiding place, a shelter, a fortress that can never be moved. say this before we transition. If, if if anyone is here and you were praying that prayer and you maybe were praying it for the first time or you were praying, Lord, I'm returning to you or I'm coming to you for the first time or I'm coming back to you. Just before you leave, grab me, grab Tracy up here, Yvonne, wave your hand. If you're a woman, grab Yvonne, uh, Mimi, raise your hand and grab Mimi up here and just just Pray with them and say, will you pray with me? And just tell them what you're going through. Amen. Thank you, guys. That was beautiful. That was awesome. Well, we are uh, going to just spend some time tonight recapping what the Lord did this weekend. How many of you were here this weekend for Corey Russell and Jake Hamilton? Raise your hand if you were here. Awesome. And just so I can see, this isn't like bad or anything. Raise your hand if you weren't here this weekend. Just so I know kind of like the numbers in the room. Okay, cool. That's great. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Tracy wasn't here. Yeah, he's going to speak first. So, and he wasn't here, so it's fine. <laughs> same, imp same impartation online. Tracy was having vacation with his family and spending time with his girls. and his. So that's awesome. We need to... Um, and the Lord is a, the God of the one time. He's the God of the, the open invitation. And so that same spirit that was here on Wednesday is here tonight. His name is the Holy Spirit. And, but on Sunday, I just, I, I believe that something important 
was imparted, was released, that the Lord has been speaking to us that we are in a new season, that we are crossing the Jordan. And the Lord will do this a lot. He'll, he'll speak like a new season is coming and then the delay of that season you have to walk through and you have to press into. And we're going to talk about, about that a little bit tonight. But I believe as Corey and Jake were ministering that, that something really broke and we entered into a new season or, or came into that new season in a more full way. I don't know, but in the spirit, something happened. And, uh, and I believe what Jake released in worship and what Corey released in this message is important, not just for us to hear one time and to move on, but to hear again and again and again until we rise in faith to that message. Amen. And it's not just, it's not them, it's the word of God. It's, but there was, there was something of a prophetic spirit as they were releasing it. And I was so grateful for it. So if you had, if you didn't hear or the message or if you weren't here on Sunday, I would just really encourage you, go online to therock.org and, and listen to the latest message. You will be greatly encouraged. You will be blessed. I guarantee it. Um, I've been sending it to some of my friends this week going, hey, you need to hear this. Not just to hear it, but to to receive it and to have the Holy Spirit impart to them what Corey and Jake were saying. So anyway, enough of talking about what Corey and Jake were saying. We're going to get into it a little bit. I'm just going to ask Tracy to come and he wasn't with us in a, physically, but he was with us in spirit and online. And so he's just going to, but the other thing, the Lord had been speaking something to Tracy even before Jake and Corey came that, that is really right in alignment and it's kind of the response to one of the to the message that they delivered so so let's just pray and ask God to open our hearts we're not going to go too long tonight we're going to try to be in groups praying for one another between 820 and 825 so give us 30 to 40 minutes and then we'll wrap up okay amen Lord we just thank you for your word we thank you for your servants who were here this weekend we thank you for the word of God that is living and is active. We thank you that as we eat the scroll, Lord, it becomes a part of us. And then when we release it, we release it with the spirit of prophecy to change lives, to change the atmosphere, to usher in new seasons and a new day. Lord, we thank you that your word is living. And we ask you that we would receive your word tonight with understanding, with the spirit of revelation. God, we ask you to soften our hearts right now. We ask you to open our eyes in the spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Wow. How's everyone doing? Good? I wish I could have been here Sunday. I really do. Wow. Jake, I, uh, I've known Jake a lot of years, well over a decade. I've gotten to know Corey over the last five years or so, but um, wow. The, the, uh, Marcus is exactly right. If you have not seen that, I was not here, and video never does it justice. I mean, you know, it's like pictures, right? It just never does it justice. So I think I'm, I'm very, I got a Holy Spirit jealousy right now that I wish I was here, a holy jealousy that I was here to uh, experience, but I didn't, so. But I was on vacation, and um, and um, it wasn't much of vacation actually for me anyway. I um, on my way, our way home, um, I got a call from my older sister that my mom was in the ER, and uh, she had been having pain for like six months, and she had a hernia. She didn't even know it. And they finally diagnosed it. And she had to have emergency surgery. So um, as soon as we got home, she was in the hospital already. She was in the ER. They admitted her, and then. Um, and there were some other things going on where it became emergent um, as well um, that were happening there with the hernia. Um, and so, I and my dad had a stroke last year, so we had to, I was juggling, we were juggling kind of two things, putting the game plan together on the fly. But long story short, I sent uh, Nikki and the girls over 
to our vacation with all my siblings and the grandkids and everyone. This is our 31st year. We go up to Lake Michigan, and it was the same spot we go, and it's amazing and wonderful and all that. So I just sent all of them ahead, and then I stayed back and with my mom and with my dad. And so mom getting through surgery and getting home, and then my dad, um, I had to put him in a short stay uh, facility or some respite care. And uh, it was really, really tough. <laughs> um, yeah, he just sobbed and said, don't leave me here. <laughs> Almost like a, like a small child, if you will. And so there was a lot of tears and, um, you know, I don't give the enemy fanfare, but, um, you know, I think Bill Johnson said it once this way. He said, if you don't run into the enemy once in a while, you just may be going in the same direction. <laughs> uh, but last Tuesday, DeMarcus's comment, um, so tough four or five days. The family went over. I went over midweek last week. I went over last Tuesday. And, um, and I was looking so forward to just getting in the car and putting on worship music and worshiping. And I did. <laughs> the way I put it to my girls when I finally got to the lake, it's about a six-hour drive over, five or six-hour drive over from Minnesota over to the other side of Wisconsin to Lake Michigan. And... Um, and I said, I, 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 worship, I worship like a schoolboy jacked up on candy. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but it just came out of my mouth, and they rolled and they laughed. And I, uh, yeah, if you're going to be a fool, be a fool for Jesus, because if you were in my car for five, the five hours last Tuesday, uh, you would have experienced a different side of me that you probably have not seen ever before. So uh, I, uh, I held nothing back. I'll leave it at that. Um, but on the drive over, as I was worshiping, the Lord spoke something. Um, he had been speaking a lot of things uh, recently, but what he, he, he asked me out of the blue, and this was just like me just worshiping, and then I heard it, and it was, he said, are you all in? And, I, and I, I, it was one of those moments where I, looked, I even looked around the car, I'm like, okay, is, is there something in the car speaking? Is it my earphones, my AirPods are on? my phone and I'm hearing something from the radio and, I, and then I heard it again and he repeated it over and over and over again. And I remembered it brought me back to a moment years ago um, when the Lord um, supernaturally stuck me to my bed in the middle of the night after I went to the bathroom. I've shared this story before but I'll cut it short. I sat on the edge of the bed to go back to, the, to, to bed after getting up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and I got stuck. I couldn't move from the bed. I was literally stuck in one spot. And uh, I remember the Lord speaking to me. He said, will you partner with me? Really what the Lord was asking me was, are you all in? <laughs> okay, way to the cost. I remember weeping for 45 minutes on the edge of this bed. I didn't answer. I knew the weight of this question from the Lord was so overpowering that I just sobbed on the edge of the bed and, uh, and just like my life, like kind of like a Rolodex flowed through backward and forward through my entire life, like a Rolodex, um, as I just weighed the cost. And really what he was asking, you know, he was saying, will you partner with me? What he was really asking me is, are you all in? And as I watched uh, Corey and Jake, and I love Jake, there's a couple of things. I wanted to read these really quick. I don't know if you, um, if you were here, you heard this. I don't know if you caught it. He, he, got, he got on prophetically. The Lord was speaking to him, and he, he caught on to a couple phrases, and then he just hammered. Like, you could see him. It was almost like he took a sledgehammer out and just started, you know, weapons of warfare are carnal, right? But in the spirit, he had a sledgehammer. I don't know if you saw it or if you were here or if you watched it online. But he literally went after it. And um, there were a couple of phrases that stuck out to me. He said, if I fight for it my whole life and I never get to see it, but my children get to live it, it was worth it. It was worth it. Yeah, think about that. The generational weight of that prophetic uh, declaration. And he hit it over and over and over again. And I felt like there was something broken over generational curses and uh, a generation. Because right now we're at the edge, we're at risk of losing a generation in, 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 throughout the world in this time in history right now.
Um, he also went on to say this, nothing more, nothing less, just a yes, just a yes. And that's that yes to, hey, are you all in? He's looking for our ye a yes. His eyes roam to and fro throughout the earth, looking for those that would just say yes. So Corey hit on Luke 4, and I'm going to recap a little bit of where he went. And, uh, and then uh, I want to circle back on this, um, are you all in? I want to read through this. When all the people, uh, I take that back, uh, Luke 4, yeah. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Hit a pause button right there. The same, the chapter before, literally in chapter 3, Jesus is baptized. Jesus is baptized, the Holy Spirit descends upon him, and God speaks to him and says, You are my, my son, my good and faithful son, well done. And he speaks that. He, the same exact spirit is the spirit that led him in to the wilderness. I find it ironic. I find it ironic in verse 2. It says, Where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell the stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him once again to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished this, all this tempting, he left him up until an opportune time. It goes on to talk about Jesus being rejected in Nazareth and Jesus returned to Galilee and the power of the Spirit. Catch that. He went in filled with the Spirit. He walked out in power. And news about him spread through, through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind. To set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He then rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. At this point, all eyes were on Jesus. The eyes of everyone, not some, everyone in the synagogue were fixated, fastened on him, on Jesus. He began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. He went in filled with the Spirit and he came out in power. I have a few notes here. So what was the difference? The difference was the 40 days. We all have this place in our life where we come against the wilderness or the barrenness. I know that, that uh, in fact, Marcus may speak to this a little bit, but he talked about Hannah a little bit. Corey did. He talked about the barrenness of Hannah. 
And, and her, her all in, are you all in? Her all in was actually the dedication of her son to God, to the temple. How many of you would give birth to a child, have a child, take him to the temple and drop him off and say, okay, here's Samuel, bye. <laughs> I know I love my girls. I don't know if I could do that with my children, just drop them off. And we adopted. So once they're in our home, I can't imagine them being taken out of our home. Jesus was in this barren season. What? How did he respond, though? I find it interesting going back to chapter 3 when he was actually baptized. It says, that, it says this, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was open. Are we a praying people? This is one thing Corey hit. He talked about the weeping and the praying, actually. And it was super powerful because he's actually praying when the heavens open. The same spirit that led him in, that, that, actually, that actually he was baptized in, that was descended upon him, was the same spirit that led him in, was the same spirit that led him through the wilderness, and the same spirit that endued him with power as he walked out of the wilderness. I have a couple old teachings. I pulled these up. I call them the three T's and the three, three S. Ironically, my my initials of my name are T and F. I don't know what that's saying. <laughs> I looked for lightning at one point in thunder um, when I was, <laughs> I had some revelation around this uh, some time ago. The three T's are the tempting, the testing, and the trials. And that's what Corey talked to. He talked about these three things. It's really the measure of our maturity in our walk with God and how we respond in those times of trial, testing, and tempted. The three F's are this, because Satan tested through the trials, right, through the tempting, and through the testing of Jesus. He tested him with the three F's, food, flight, and fame. He tested him with food. He, he tempted him. If you are the Son of Man, right, turn this stone into bread, food. If you, if you are the Son of God, you can jump from here and you, from this cliff and you won't be harmed. You'll be able to fly. Flight. And all of this can be yours. If you are the Son of Man, man or the Son of God, you, you, will, you will, oh, I lost my, uh, you, this will all be yours. Sorry about that. I lost my train of thought. This will all be yours. You can have it all. Everything that I have, I can give to you. That's faith. Food, flight, and faith. I know Corey also talked about witchcraft a little bit. Marcus may speak to that a little bit. I'm not sure. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. The enemy is deceptive. And at the end of the day, witchcraft is control and manipulation. The twisting of words, the deception of of reality and the truth of heaven if you are the son of God he asked him that every time he tempted him he asked him if you are the son of God you ever had that moment like when someone speaks something to you and they, they ask it in a question but it actually makes you think <laughs> like, like they ask it and I'm like am I really that or whatever question they ask, then it actually makes you ponder and actually look at the question and that's when the enemy slips in and sometimes blinds our eyes, pulls a veil over, deceives, if you are the son of God. I love how Jesus responds every time, it is written. And this is where the prayer, the power of prayer in a weeping prayer that, that Corey was talking about I love how he said that sometimes the enemy gets in our eyes. That's what he said. He said it gets in your eyes and the weeping actually drains that deception and those things of the enemy, those scales or whatever it is that have been there, actually out. I love how he put that. I need to go back and actually I want to watch that again. But the Jesus kept on saying, it is written, it is written, it is written. How many of you know that the weapons of our warfare The very truth of God. The sword. If you want to fight with the sword, fight with the word. 
you'll have a sword in your hand every single time. Whereas the Old Testament was mourning, sackcloth, and ashes, the New Testament is praying, giving, and fasting. Are we a praying people? And are you all in? It's a test of maturity. I love what, uh, I can't remember the words he used. I call it fight or flight. But he said, orphans will flee, sons will fight. In other words, orphans will take flight, will run, but sons will stand and fight. I think he used another word for orphans and he said sons will manifest actually. They'll manifest the very words that they're speaking and the power and the authority that they come in when we, when we, are, when we have the spirit in us and we walk in that power and authority. The same spirit that led Jesus into the wilderness and led him back out in power is the same spirit in verse 18 of chapter 4 where Jesus speaks in boldness to release the fulfillment of Isaiah 61. That's what I was speaking earlier. That's the fulfillment of 2,000 years going all the way back to, 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 to the Israelites in, the, in, the, in uh, Deuteronomy 8. It's the same spirit that's in verse 33 of chapter 4, Luke, that delivered a demon-possessed man in the synagogue. Imagine that, a demon-possessed man in a church, in a synagogue. <laughs> the same spirit in verse 38 that healed Peter's mother-in-law. The same spirit in verse 40 that healed many from various kinds of sickness. And the same spirit in verse 41 that made demons tremble. As they came out of people, they shouted, You are the Son of God. You are the Son of God. You are the Son of God. How many of you know we're in a new season? I know Corey talked about this as well. Yeah, the reset was last year, but we're in a new season. Just like Jesus spoke it, and he fulfilled Isaiah 61 by speaking Luke 4.18, which is Isaiah 61. He rolls up that scroll, right? And he says, today, this scripture has been fulfilled. <laughs> That's kind of like this drop the mic moment, right? It's basically saying, this chapter's over. I am the Son of Man. I am Jesus. I am the Messiah. That book is closed in this new chapter, this new book over here, are opening. That was the latter 2,000 years. Get ready for the next 2,000 years. Moses went into the wilderness too. Moses went into, into the wilderness called, but he came out of the wilderness chosen. Jacob went into his wilderness, his barrenness season, with Uncle Laban, not knowing who he was, and he came out of the wilderness with an identity. David went into the wilderness as a boy, and he came out a man. You guys get the idea. All of us have a wilderness or a barrenness season that we walk through. Here's the, here, here's, here's, here's the, the crux of it. There's a promise. We're in the New Testament. We're living out the New Testament. There's a lot of promises in the Word. And we're, we're, we get in a moment where we, we say yes. So it's easy to say yes, especially in a corporate gathering like this. In the midst of worship, in the midst of prayer, in the midst of being with others, we're like, yes, yes, I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm saying yes to the promise. The problem is Monday morning comes and they fall out in the process. That's what Jesus is always in the wilderness. It's a process. And if we can realize and have the revelation that the same spirit that, 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 that led us to that place is actually going to lead us in deliverance out of that season, we'll end up a whole lot better on the other side and we'll actually have a testimony to tell. It's those valley seasons, and, I, and Marcus and I were talking about this. I remember Jake was here um, about two years ago, right? A couple years ago, and he, he had his valley and mountaintop. And he actually ended up making a crown out of it. it was, but it was super impactful. 
but it was all about the process and falling out in the process, not falling out in the process. Because if we, if we stick with it, and I think it's Heidi that says, it's Heidi Baker, she says, if you don't quit, you win. <laughs> Let's just don't quit. It may take longer than you think. Patience is one of the fruits of the Spirit. It may not happen tomorrow, it may not happen today. It may be next week, next month, next year, next decade. I don't know. But don't fall out in the process. Because if we can walk in the process and walk that out and come out on the other side, we can make the promise our inheritance and we can actually operate in our inheritance. And if we can establish inheritance and actually function in the inheritance, we may have the privilege to leave a legacy. I had a teaching uh, on the power of 40. 40 represents in the Bible, one of the meanings is a period of time, of trial, of testing, of probation, of proving, which closes in victory or discipline, but in victory is where I focused here. God doesn't tempt us, but he'll sure test us. There's a pattern here. There's a test and obedience and a breakthrough. Something to the number 40. Moses lived 40 years in Egypt, then lived 40 years in the desert. For 40 days, the prophet Jonah warned Nineveh. You think Jonah was all in? I don't know on the first go around. <laughs> he actually rebuked God. God dealt with him. He hung out in the belly of a fish for a while. Fist threw him up, and then he mourned and weeped and prayed and was all in, in the midst of the process. Moses was on Mount Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights. Elijah walked 40 days and 40 nights to reach Mount Oreb. He fasted 40 days before beginning his public ministry, and he remained 40 days on Mount Carmel. All were tests with a response of obedience to walk out the process. This is a cool one. Four kings in the lineage of Jesus reigned for 40 years each, exactly 40 years each. Saul, David, Solomon, and Joab. <laughs> All 40 years. Exactly. I don't know if it looks like 40 years, 40 days, 40 minutes. For any of you, I don't know what that looks like. And it all in is different for everyone. I'm an all or nothing guy. So when I had my radical encounter with God, I was all in. Like there was, it was 100% Jesus, all Jesus, and nothing but Jesus. It was the Bible, less nothing, the Bible <laughs> with uh, nothing added. But it was all Jesus. And everyone's all in looks a little different. Will we be a generation of leaders that's all in? It really looks like it. What's the result? And this is really where Corey was going. The, the end result of this, guys, is raising up the next generation so a generation is not lost. I would hate to be Moses. And, and, and take 40 years, I think, you know, they took an 11-day trip and, 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 and it took them 40 years because they went back in to the wilderness. I think it looks like Malachi 4 with the hearts of the fathers and the mothers returning to the sons and the daughters. And I think so. it looks like the sons and the daughters and their hearts return to the mothers and the fathers. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you. God, I thank you, God, for everyone's definition here today of being all in. What does it look like, God, to weigh the cost 
and put to, to put down our needs, to put down our wants, to put down our ambitions, maybe to put down our dreams, and definitely to lay down our agendas. To love the generation in front of us and behind us. To reach backward and forward. To raise up a generation, God. To raise up a generation, just as Jake said it, I can fight for it my own life and I never see it. But if my kids get to live it, it was worth it. It was worth it. I don't want to come before you, Jesus. And starting to proclaim, didn't I prophesy in your name? Didn't I cast out demons in your name? Didn't I? Didn't I? Didn't I? Oh, woe is he with a heart. The last thing I'd ever want to hear from myself or anybody is, but you did not know me. God, I thank you that we all know you. We don't know just about you, God, we know you. God, our all in is just to know you, to keep the main thing, the main thing, to keep our eyes fixed on you, Jesus. If we do that, we can't go wrong. All other things will be added to us. God, we thank you. We praise you. And we thank you, to God, that you'll speak to each and every one of us. In fact, I just see people having dreams tonight on what your all in is. Like, I don't know what it is, but I feel like God, God is going to give dreams and visions and revelation tonight and tomorrow and in, in the time to come, the days to come, about what all in looks for each and every one of us. God, I thank you. We thank you, we praise you, we love you. in with this. Let's turn your, turn in your Bibles to Luke 18. Corey's testimony, what he walked in to in his personal life 10 years ago was a death of his son that led his family into a tailspin. And his faithfulness in his calling and in contending for his family, contending for his wife. Um, it's a beautiful testimony. Again, if you didn't hear it, go and listen to it. But when I was thinking of a New Testament context for this, uh, I was just struck by Luke 18 again. And it says this, 18 verse 1. And he told them a parable to the effect that they have always to pray and not lose heart. So that's the purpose of this story that Jesus is going to give his disciples. Say, always pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice for my adversary. And for a while, this judge refused. But afterwards, he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. So Jesus says that this judge, he is not a God-fearer. He does not want to treat this, this widow with, with any sort of justice because he's um, walking in the fear of the Lord. He's just living for himself. He's living for his own gain. But this widow in this parable, she just keeps coming. She's persistent in her coming to an unjust judge. And eventually, because the judge is selfish in heart, he's like, I got to get rid of this woman or my life isn't going to get back to normal. And so he gives her what she wants so that she'll just basically stop coming to him and bugging him. And in verse 6 it says, Hear what the unrighteous judge said. 
And the idea is because of a woman's persistence, an unrighteous judge will bend his will and give in and give the widow woman what she wants. Now it says, hear what that unrighteous judge says. And now here's the comparison, verse 7. And will not God give justice to his elect to cr who cry out to him night and day? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give them justice and he will give it to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? And what Jesus is encouraging his disciples in is there's going to be a delay. But you are coming in front of not an unjust judge, but a father who loves you. A father who sent a son who died on a cross and removed your sin and your shame so that you could be ushered into his throne and so that you could continually come before him and ask. But when we come before the Lord and ask, we don't come before a grumpy, unjust judge that doesn't want to give us our request. He says, when you come before me and you ask in my will, in my name, he says, I'm going to give you what you ask for. I'm going to give you the deliverance you are seeking. I'm going to give you the season of breakthrough that you were longing for, that I put in your heart by the Holy Spirit. But he says, though he bears long with them. So we come before the Lord and we cry out to him night and day, the elect, his chosen ones. Say, I am the elect. I am a chosen one. You hear some weird theology of the elect are a certain group of people that it's not all the church. No, it is anyone who names the name of Jesus, who has put faith in him for the forgiveness of sins, who believe that he's coming again. You are the elect. You are the chosen of God. Now, it takes our choosing Jesus to step in to being chosen by God. We have a part to play in it. But he says, when his elect come before him night and day and ask him for breakthrough, ask him for deliverance, he goes, there's coming a day when that deliverance is going to be given. If there's coming a day where every wrong thing is going to be made right. That's what justice is. And he says, and there's coming today when I give justice, I give it speedily. It's Joseph in the prison. And then it's Joseph in the prison again after he prophesies and the, the cupbearer goes, restores back to office. And he's still waiting. God, this is unjust. Give me justice. And then in a moment, a wicked king has a dream. The cupbearer says, I remember my sin. Joseph is pulled out of the dungeon. He interprets the dream to Pharaoh. And in one day, Joseph goes from the dungeon, the prison, to the right hand of the most powerful leader in all the earth. And he says, now you rule my kingdom for me. Now that is a crazy turnaround. But that is what I believe Jesus is calling us to look to. In a moment, if you don't give up, in a moment, if you stay faithful before me, in a moment, everything turns around. And the promises over our life become reality. Now, what if Joseph had gotten bitter in that prison? What if Joseph had said, God, well, you've forgotten about me. I'm going to forget about you. That wouldn't have been a good day for Joseph, right? He stayed faithful, and in the faithfulness, there was breakthrough. I mean, I think of, this is all over the word of God, like Tracy said. I think of David prophesying at 13 or 15 years old by Samuel, the one who restored the priesthood, the one who restored the prophetic in the land. You will be king. And then he finds himself fleeing from Saul for his life because he's being hunted like a dog in the wilderness. I mean, talk about a wilderness experience. But he kept encouraging himself in faith. I mean, read the Psalms that David wrote when he was fleeing from Saul. You can see a man who is writing 
and singing to remember the promises of God spoken over his life so he wouldn't give up. He was keeping his head above water. He was always praying and not losing heart. I mean, there's just biblical example after biblical example. Well, what I believe that Corey released and that we're in a season, we're in a season of breakthrough. We're in a season of, of, we're in the wilderness, but we're in a season where God is about to release deliverance. He's about to release breakthrough. And the call to us is to stay engaged with the Lord. I feel like there, there are kind of two people that heard Sunday morning or two people that will hear Sunday morning. It's those who have given up in the fight and they've said, well, God, it's been five years and what you've spoken hasn't come to pass. And so I'm just going to, and they've given up. They might not have given in to sin, but they've given in to not contending for more, to not contending for the fullness of God in their life, to not contending for the breakthrough. And we, 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 we put odd theologies around this. Well, if God would have willed it or if God wills it, it'll just happen and we stop praying for it. Guys, that's not in the Bible. God partners with his bride and he wants us, he puts, he puts his will before us, he puts his desires before us. And then he says, ask me what I tell you to ask me for. I mean, that's all the word of God is. When you read this, it's a prayer man. It's, oh, this is how God responded to that broken man, and I can ask God for that same request? Okay, I'm going to ask him. Oh, this is how God responded to that weak and broken woman, and she asked God and remained in faith, and I can ask God for that? Okay, I'm going to ask him. I tell my children, I read the word because it's my prayer man. It shows me how to stay in faith. It shows me how to contend. And Jesus said, we ought to pray always and not lose heart. So I feel like there's one group of people who heard Sunday morning and, and, and it's pulling them back into a place of God. I'm stepping back into the fight and I'm not going to give up. I mean, if you look at the New Testament, just in that thing, just in that idea of persistent prayer or asking always. It is amazing how many verses come up. I mean, Paul encourages the Roman church to pray unceasingly. Paul, encouraging the church of Ephesus, says, put on the whole armor of God. And after he lists it, he says, and now praying always in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. It's almost like the armor is polished, the armor is finished, or the armor is activated through prayer. And so I feel like it's an encouragement to those who have laid down that contending spirit to step back in the ring, back in the fight, to put the armor back on and start contending again, start praying again, start asking God. I think it's about children. I think it's about grandchildren. I'm so encouraged because I've heard two testimonies recently of grandmothers who prayed for 20 years and they've seen their grandchildren become radically saved. Sharon opened up our prayer time on Sunday with a testimony of a son that you've been praying for for 12 years who last week called up his mom and said, Mom, I'm living for Jesus. Mom, I'm preaching the gospel. Mom, I've been healed. Mom, because of a faithful woman's prayer for 12 years. And today she's received a call for her youngest son, who has not talked to her in three years, who is coming home tomorrow. She opened up our prayer, our prayer time for Sunday morning with that testimony. It was released in a form of a message through Corey and through his testimony of the breakthrough that he's been experiencing this year. Guys, God is calling us out of 2020, a season of hunkering down and hiding 
into a season of manifest power and breakthrough. But it's with Tracy's encouragement. Are you all in? And if you're not all in, I want to encourage you. Have a conversation with the Lord. And say, Lord, I want to be all in. Lord, but I have these hang-ups in my life. But God, I want to be all in. The Lord is so good at releasing strength to those who are brokenhearted that come before him. That say, they're like that father in Mark chapter 9. Jesus says, you know, to the one who believes, all things are possible. And I love this father's response because it's, this is in every one of our hearts. Lord, I believe. But there are places in my life where I don't believe. Help my unbelief. That's what he says. I just feel like that's me in a nutshell. I believe, but God, would you help my unbelief? That's running to the Lord and saying, I'm all in. I believe. Help the places in my life where I'm not walking in freedom, walking in deliverance. And give me faith to stand for the fullness of God. Give me faith to contend for the fullness of God in the season. I'm just going to share a quick testimony. Just another, uh, uh, probably had this happen on about five or six different levels on on Sunday. One of my daughters was here on, on Sunday. And she just felt led to come to church. It was kind of a shocker. She, she called me up and said, Dad, can I come to church with you on Sunday? I was like, of course you can't come to church with me on Sunday. Mike had this season of waiting, uh, had this time of waiting on the Lord. If you were here on Sunday, in worship, he just said, I feel like people are supposed to come back to Jesus, supposed to return to Jesus. And we just waited for about 10 minutes for people to come to the altar. And he goes, I feel like there's more. I feel like there's more. My other daughter gets a prophetic impression to ask my daughter, hey, if you want to go down to the front, I'll go with you. My daughter breaks into tears and says, I want to go down. Right, right over here on Sunday morning, she gives her life back to the Lord. And then we have a conversation that afternoon and she's just confessing and saying, and asking for prayer and asking and repenting. It was powerful. I believe we're in a season of breakthrough. I believe we're in a season of prodigals coming home. I really do. And I also think God is waiting for our ask. I think he's saying, if you ask me, I will give you the desires of your heart. If you ask me, I will restore the marriage. If you ask me, I will restore the home. If you ask me, I will restore you in your brokenness. But it's in the ask. So I feel like there's one group of people who are returning. I feel like the Lord's re like releasing these testimonies to return them to the ask. And there's another group of people who have been faithful. And I feel like the encouragement is to stay faithful. Stay faithful. Ask him, be that neighbor at that door in Luke 11 that keeps on knocking. The Lord says, the friend didn't get up and give him what he wanted because he was his friend. The friend got up and gave him what he wanted because he wouldn't stop knocking at midnight. And then again, he goes, and how much more would your heavenly father, who is good, loving, perfect, created you for this, how much more will he give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Guys, this is a season of asking for the Holy Spirit to be poured out. This is a, in every area. Pour out the Spirit in my family. Pour out your Spirit in my job. Pour out your Spirit in our region. Send revival to the churches in our region. I've been encouraged through Corey's life this week and through another pastor that I had a coffee with. A pastor that was hit three years ago with uh, kidney failure. A pastor that, and his wife got hit with this crazy disease as well. And they, they were pressing in and they just got, boom, went, started going through it. And in this three years, he did not give up pressing in. He did not give up. He leads prayer meetings all over the city. He would go and lead prayer meetings and then he'd go to dialysis and he'd come back and stand in faith. 
And guys, it was this year where God delivered him. God healed him. God set him free. And I was looking at a man who was talking to me about these three years, and I was, I was in awe of this faithful, prophetic intercessor that didn't give up faith and had joy in his heart as he was talking about. He, and he was talking about how the Lord had worked on his heart and transformed him and showed, showed him areas of unbelief. And he was talking about it like he was happy about it. Like, you just went through three years fill in the blank. And I walked out of that conversation going, that's a man I want to be like. The, the spirit that, he, that was operating in him in those three and a half years, Lord, give me that. Lord, give me that persistence. Give me that faithfulness. The last verse that we'll go to here is turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10. Which is funny because this is the verse I was led to today. The two verses, uh, but this is the verse that is my wife's verse for this year. She always picks kind of one verse and just prays into it all year. I love it. I'm not like that. I'm too ADD for one verse a year. <laughs> or I don't know if it's my verse. Like, oh, I don't know. She's really confident this is her verse. So, <laughs> okay. This is what the Lord spoke to her at the beginning of this year. Verse 36. 10.36, Hebrews 10.36. For you have need of endurance. Here's the reason we have need of endurance. So that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. And here's the same message of Luke 18 that we were just in. For yet a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. You hear the oxymoron in that? Yet in a little while, so there's a delay. The coming one will come and not delay. That's that same thing of, though he bears along with us, when he shows up, he gives us justice and everything is turned around. Amen? He says this, but in that little while, my coming one will come and not delay. In that time frame, this is what the Lord says, the righteous one will live by faith. And it says, and if he shrinks back, if he shrinks back in that process, in that season, it says, my soul has no pleasure in him. But then the encouragement comes again. But we are not those who shrink back and are destroyed. But we are those who have faith and, pers and preserve our souls. And I just want to speak that over you. You are not ones who shrink back. We are not ones who shrink back. We are ones who in the trial, we remain in faith and we believe that the coming one is going to come and he's going to release glory and he's going to release breakthrough. Guys, this is the church's call before the Lord's return. This is the corporate church's call to not give up in believing in the second coming of, of Jesus in a global kingship that will last a thousand years and will manifest in the new heavens and the new earth and us dwelling with God again. Now in that, as we believe for the big picture, we're supposed to believe for that in much smaller ways in our life. Though there's a delay, God is coming with breakthrough. Amen? Okay. So why don't we stand? I'm just going to pray for you. And then I want you to find one or two other people that you can just pray with. Lord, give me faith. Lord, give me grace in this season to contend for breakthrough. Amen? And if that's you who you're just like, I, I, I need to jump back in the fight. I need to jump back in the ring. I need to put the armor back on. I want to encourage you, just confess that to someone and say, pray for me. And then, amen. Well, Lord, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for what you did on Sunday. And we ask you that in the delay, in the wilderness, in the barrenness, that we would be those who press in to a spirit of prayer that would release breakthrough. And God, I just declare again, this is a season of breakthrough. This is a season of deliverance. This is a new season and you are putting a new song 
in our mouth. You are putting a new testimony in our mouth. And many will see and many will hear and many will put their trust in the Lord because of this new thing that you are doing in our lives and you are doing in the earth. God, I thank you for prodigals coming home. We just corporately pray. Bring them home, God. What you've done in Sharon's home in one week, her oldest coming back, her youngest coming back. Lord, we release that testimony over all the prodigals in Jesus' name. What you did in my home on Sunday, we release that testimony in Jesus' name. Young men and young women repenting and coming to Jesus. And Lord, out of the ashes, you're going to raise up an army that takes the gospel to the ends of the earth. And so we ask you to do that. In Jesus' name, amen.